Well, the Nashville Predators defeat the Edmonton Oilers 4-3. to And wait a minute, that, that can't be right. Can it? Oh, oh my God, the Predators beat the Edmonton Oilers last night. Let's talk about it today on the Locked on Predators podcast. Your Locked on Predators, your daily podcast on the Nashville Predators. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you for making Locked On Predators your first listen of the day every single day. We are your free Nashville Predators podcast. That's available to you wherever you get your podcast and on YouTube. I'm Nick Morgan. I'm a writer and editor at OnTheForeCheck.com, and I have a partner in crime. You do. I am Ann Kimmel. I'm a writer and editor at InsideThePreds.com. You know, Ann, we, we pride ourselves on being optimists. Now mm-hmm. we always try to see the good in anything. Yes. Maybe we should start being more negative in our <laughs> podcasts more often. I know. Uh, because we were pretty convinced last night's game was going to absolutely suck. Yeah. And uh, lo and behold, guess what happens? They come out with not only a win, but I think it needs to be said, the best game the Preds have played in... Let's just say a very long time. Yeah, I would say potentially this season, this is one of the Predators' best games, most complete games. Yeah, this was this was amazing. This was amazing. And it has just fueled my optimism once again. Yeah, there's a lot to get to. I want to talk about, in your mind, what the Preds did different last night Mm -hmm. that they weren't doing either in previous games versus Oilers or previous games during the stretch because I think it's kind of fascinating some of the differences you notice uh, when you come kind of compare the two stretch runs Uh, but first let's do a quick summary of what happened last night if you didn't see it Predators won four three in overtime it was literally back and forth the entire Mm -hmm. game it was one to one and then two to two, and then three to three. And then in the overtime period, Cody Glass behind his own net. Now, Come a lot on. of people talking about the play Cody Glass made here a two line pass all the way to the other blue line to Alexander Carrier to spring a two on one. Carrier puts it home. Only his second goal of the year, only his second point of the season in his first game back and the Preds get a four, three overtime win. And mm-hmm. your one word to describe last night's game. So my one word is storybook. You literally could not have written a bounce back game much more exciting with cliffhangers and an outcome that you just feel satisfied with afterward. This was a storybook game. You have, you know, you're one of your biggest foes. The Oilers have had the Predators number for a stretch now for too long. The Predators were able to hold Connor McDavid to just two points, no goals. Leon Dreisaitl, who actually his name has been on the mortgage at Bridgestone Arena for several seasons, had zero points. He was the Mr. Potter of the Preds, but not anymore. Uh, The Predators got a power play goal, y'all. 
a power play goal, y'all, by Matt Duchesne. Um, this was a game where the Predators didn't look like a team that was constantly trying to catch up to this game. Uh, you have a new guy who shows up and contributes right away, Tommy Novak, with the assist on the first goal. You have the injured fella who missed four games come back, and he is the conquering hero with the game-winning goal in overtime. The Predators team had the lead. They continued to face some adversity. They did not lose hope. They did not lose faith. They kept to their game plan. And they absolutely came away with a huge, huge win last night at Bridgestone Arena. So for me, this was a storybook hockey game. It's a good way to describe it because it seems like a lot of things that needed to go right mm -hmm. went right for the Nashville Predators. For me and my one word is alarm clock because we had been talking about the predators sleepwalking through the last couple of weeks how it just looked like it wasn't there like you know a little bit lackadaisical a little bit you know no intensity or anything like that this seems like the game that wakes them up now yes uh alarm clock i say wake up because wake up is different than get up I think anybody who wakes up in the morning uh, knows that. But you wake up. You wake up from your slumber. Maybe you hit snooze a few more times. Maybe you scroll over to check your phone. Maybe you rest your eyes. Maybe you lay there just staring at the abyss that is. But the Predators aren't in their slumber anymore. Mm -hmm. This game woke them up. This was the best game they played in a very long time. And they did it with the style of play that you need to see them play to be a competitive team down the stretch now that woke them up can they get up mm. that's going to be the question can they do that same thing over and over again because hey they're awake right now they got a big win and they did it looking very very well can they repeat that can they go into chicago tomorrow night and take care of business can yeah. they do the same thing they did against Edmonton Friday against Colorado at home. Because all of a sudden you do that, you're you're not only awake, you're out of bed. You are tap dancing your way into a great start to the day. And all of a sudden you're up and your season looks a lot different than it did this time a few days ago. Yes. But the Predators, they're awake. They did what they need to do. Now they got to get out of bed. Can they build on this? They did. They got the win that can spark them. Can they build that spark into a fire that they sustain for the rest of the season, especially through the rest of this very tough December stretch? Yeah, this, you know, it's, it's not going to get much easier for the national predators. So I agree with you. It's going to come down to, can you sustain this, style of play, which was a little bit different. I thought it was a little different look of a game for the Nashville Predators. Yeah. And can you sustain that intensity and um, just all of the things that went well? I agree with you. If they can do that against Chicago, I feel like they're out of bed. If they can do that against Colorado, they may have just made their bed. Yeah. If and that's the thing that Colorado game and you and I were ready to do our preview for tomorrow's game. And basically be like, if they don't, if they don't win this one, like they're, it, they're making changes after Christmas. Like there's yeah. some major stuff happening after Christmas. Yeah. Now we look at that and it's like, okay, 
let's let's say like Edmonton was like, you know, okay, we figured out how we want to play. Let's say they go into Chicago and get that win. And now let's say Friday, the two days before Christmas, there's always some magic that happens in the last Bridgestone game before Christmas. Very true. It's against the defending cup champs who I know that they don't have McDavid or, or not uh, McKinnon and Landeskog right. right now, but they still have a good team. You go out and you win that game and the crowd gets into it like they did last night. Yes. You're not only looking at, oh, dear God, when Christmas is over, we got to reevaluate the team. You're looking at, okay, we made it to Christmas with something to build on. Now can we build off that for the next couple of weeks and then the next couple of months and then the rest of the season? Yes, for sure. And and I like what you say about that magic of the last game before Christmas. I want to give a shout out and, and we're going to talk, of course, about the players. We're going to talk about the game plan. We're going to talk about Coach Don Hines and, and sort of what the Predators have been working on that helped them be successful last night. But I want to give a huge shout out to that crowd at Bridgestone Arena last night mm -hmm. because that crowd was in it from puck drop to end. And I'll be honest, I was a little nervous to be there because I thought if they boo this team, if they chant fire Hines, the mom and me is going to want to stick my finger in their face and tell them to sit themselves down on the bench and think about what they've done. This crowd was in it from the get-go. So shout out to the fans who showed up to cheer for this team. And also shout out to the game ops people. I don't know how much of it was shown on television, but they all were given, everybody who came in was given a bracelet. And here's what I think, here's where the magic happened, Nick, is they started this game playing uh, Christmas Eve Sarajevo 1224, you know, that orchestra, Trans-Siberian, yeah. you know, that, they played that with like hockey scenes on Fang Vision and then all the bracelets were blinking red and green. And literally I was like, Santa is exploding right now. Like... <laughs> The magic of that moment, it was like they set such an amazing tone and Bridgestone Arena's energy was up here this whole game. So shout out to Bridgestone for setting such a great atmosphere and for the fans who really responded to what they were seeing on the ice positively. It was it was a fantastic game to be at. Yeah, I mean, it seemed like it. I think it was Brian Bastion who tweeted out Smashville starting to sound a little bit like Smashville again. It uh, really so, did. Yeah. So from an on-ice perspective, what was different last night? What did the Preds do last night that they didn't do uh, either the last couple of games versus Edmonton where they got absolutely clobbered or during this lengthy stretch? Let's tackle that question in just a second. But first, want to mention today's show is brought to you by our sponsor, Bet online. BetOnline.net is your number one source for sports betting info, stats, news, and analysis. You can get the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there, from pro football to the college bowl season to basketball, hockey. They've got it all at BetOnline.net. And if you love sports podcasts like the one you're listening to right now, you can find those at Bet Online as well. They're always the fastest and easiest way to get your betting info. So head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends in action happening today. Bet Online, where the game starts. 
All right, and let's talk about a few of the differences between last night's game and this prior run. What stood out to you as something the Predators did different last night? I think if you watched the game last night, just bird's eye view, one of the things that really stood out to me is the fact that the Predators played with a lot of tempo. They played with a lot of speed. And when you play teams like Tampa Bay Lightning, like the Edmonton Oilers in the past, you see there is a noticeable difference in the ability of those teams and the Nashville Predators to play kind of up-tempo, quick, rush chances kind of a game. And it's something that John Hines shared um, in the post game. Like, look, these are some things that we've been really working on. We've been working on getting the puck up the ice. Uh, That was one of the things that he praised Tommy Novak for. Like Tommy Novak is really good at getting through the neutral zone and seeing what's coming and getting the play moving forward. And I think you really saw that with the Nashville Predators last night. They did not look slow. And they always have looked slow against the Edmonton Oilers especially, but they did not look slow. They had their own rush chances. They had their own two-on-ones. They were getting the play moving. They didn't trail behind the Oilers like they have in so many other games. And so for me, the thing that really stood out in this game was the tempo and the speed that the team was able to to execute things with. Yeah. I mean, it's wild how different the speed look last night and you can tell there were some moments that Edmonton was not really ready for it I mean that first you know the first goal where Novak just kind of skated in you know you saw some Oilers kind of hanging back in the zone kind of thinking like he was gonna like skate back or dump it in or maybe try to set up a play Uh, and instead he just skated went straight to the net you saw that on the power play goal by yes. Matt Duchesne, how many times have the Predators gotten the puck, chipped it in, and then just tried to set up the formation? And here this time, you just have Duchesne taking it straight to the net. And it, it, you can tell it's like when you watch the defense on that play, they weren't expecting that. They weren't expecting that speed. And by the time they realized it, it was too late. Like the Preds has already skated past them and the, you know, the Oilers were a step behind. So, you know, I noticed that and it was kind of a, it seemed like a more simple game in that regard too. You know, we, we talk about, you know, we just mentioned, you know, we've seen the Predators maybe try to set up some plays and, you know, maybe overthink things a little bit, try to make the extra pass. We did see some moments um, like that, here and there during the game but you know for the most part you know the predators would just get the puck and just put it on net yeah and i know if people are when i have the description people are having the peter laviolette flashbacks a little (laughs) bit here but it worked last night especially against the goaltender jack campbell who hasn't been particularly good this year yeah i mean you saw the the jordan gross goal uh, where he just, you know, shot it. It looked like it was going wide and just took a crazy bounce and went in. Sometimes you need goals like that. Uh, and they had some chances later in the games too, caused by rebounds. Like Tanner Janot had one that landed right on the stick. Cody Glass, who, don't worry, we're going to talk about here. Oh, we are going to talk. Uh, Cody Glass had one right on a stick, tried to backhand it over, but, you know, Campbell did make a good save there. So, you know, 
simple worked out for them. And I know that, you know, you want all these like fancy cross ice passes and stuff to open up. But sometimes when you're struggling, like the Preds have been, sometimes you got to step back and it's like, let's just, let's just shoot the puck. Let's just shoot the puck and see what happens. And the Predators did that last night and it paid off for them. And it was noticeable how many more chances they got compared to any other game in the past two weeks. Yes. And you saw that even on the first goal. And again, this was Tommy Novak, Tommy Novak driving play right into the offensive zone and putting the puck on net. And what I love is you have Matias at home trailing, who is right there for a wide open rebound. Those are the kind of goals that the Predators at times have really done a good job scoring, but sometimes they get away from that. Sometimes, like you said, sometimes it feels like the team tries to get too fancy and tries to generate something more, you know, amazing, one extra pass or more zone time set up just put the puck on net and have some folks there to get that second shot. And we saw them do that during this game. The other thing that really stood out to me in this game was the way that the team was able to contain Leon Dreisaitl and Connor McDavid. Connor McDavid left Bridgestone Arena with two points. Both of his points were assists on the power play, so not five-on-five points. Leon Dreisaitl, take a minute, friends. He left with an empty stocking. He ha- he got coal. He got coal. He had no points. And for the Nashville Predators, not only is that great execution, just emotionally, oh, that feels really, really good. It's it's like the sage. The sage is gone. <laughs> yes. Through the thing. You know, you watched them last night on defense. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Bally Sports, their broadcast did a good thing at kind of finding some place to highlight this. But they were really aggressive. On Dreisaitl mm-hmm. and McDavid. I mean, how many times have you seen those guys beat players one-on-one? But, you know, you saw, you know, some of those plays where they would beat, uh, like, you know, the the Connor McDavid goal from last week when they played, you know, where he just skated past yes. one guy and then kind of skated around Matthias Eckholm. You know, those guys were getting cushion. When they got the puck, there was somebody within a split second in their face, like guarding yes. them close, pressuring And I wonder if that is, you know, something noticeable that they just said, you know what, maybe these guys don't like playing in their face. Maybe if you try to normally defend them and just try to take away their space, they have enough skill to beat Mm -hmm. you. Mm -hmm. But if you're in their face, if you're on them where they can't even, you know, look at the space in front of them, they have to have their back to the goal because there's somebody on their back. They did that very differently. They did that very effectively. Uh, John Hines was asked about that particular thing, uh, about what was some of the keys to uh, stopping McDavid and Dreisaitl last night. And at the end, he goes out of his way mm-hmm. to mention a specific player. And that's going to lead us into the next point we're going to talk about. So let's listen to what John Hines had to say about defending uh, Dreisaitl and McDavid last night. But you talk about the, you know, the uh, development of, of a younger guy. You know, early in the year, we put Cody up in that style of role, and he wasn't ready for it. And he, he learned some lessons, stuck with it, came back, and now you look at his game and his confidence level that he can go against the, the, that line. And he wants to be out on the ice. His face-offs were good. He's skating. And, you know, that's a guy that we know can play, but sometimes guys aren't ready to be in those certain roles because they're human beings and they're, 
they're, they're trying to get up and running, but it's really nice to see him play the way he did tonight. And if we can get him continuing to play the way he's playing, I think he's going to make our team a lot better. Okay, so the full context of that quote was John Hines was asked about defending, and he said that you know like the key was a lot of the guys pushed the issue when they were on the ice. like They would just force it into the offensive zone and put McDavid in the dry cell on their heels. He mentioned a couple of players that were asked, but he mentioned Cody Glass as a guy who did that last night. Yes. And, and you and I have been talking about Cody Glass for several weeks now. And now it's important to note that Cody Glass is a guy that John Hines went out of his way to highlight his play over the past couple of weeks. That's huge. It is huge. And if you go back and look at this game, the players who were out on the ice when Dreisaitl, McDavid, and Hyman were on the ice, the Edmonton Oilers' top line, most of the time it was Nino Niederreiter, Cody Glass, and Tanner Janot. They were tasked with managing two of the best players in the NHL, two of the top scorers in the NHL, which is an enormous responsibility but those three did such a great job, like you said, of not only containing them, but they put them on their heels. They made those guys play defense. And usually they have defense played upon them. And while they're on the ice, they're generating the chances. Last night, that line of Nita Ryder Glass and Janot really were able to contain them and to make them play defense, which was a huge key to keeping them off of the score sheet. And again, to highlight Cody Glass and his performance. Just, it was a really neat moment for John Hines to share that. We're going to talk a little bit more about Cody Glass and his season so far. It's been an interesting trajectory for young Mr. Cody Glass. We're going to do that in just a minute. But first, we want to thank you for making Locked on Predators your first listen every day. It feels like a win over the Oilers is the biggest story in sports, but there are apparently other big stories in sports. And if you want to catch up on all those, you need to check out Locked on Sports today. They have the biggest stories from around the entire sports world in 20 minutes or less. They have instant reaction game recaps and Locked on's take of the day. So check out Locked On Sports today. It's available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Yeah, more on Cody Glass because I feel like, you know, John Hines mentioned the word confidence. Mm-hmm. And that was kind of a big thing earlier this season. We were having the debate on, you know, why Cody Glass wasn't getting a long enough leash to kind of build confidence. I feel like we can still have that debate but you're also seeing John Hines giving Glass a longer leash now. Yes. And like we've said, you know, when he first got back into the lineup, you know, he was, you know, nine, 10 minutes a guy. And ever since then, then he started getting like, you know, 11 to 12 minutes and then 13, 14. And now he's at the range where he's getting 15, 16, 17 minutes a game. And not only that, but he's out there towards the end of the game in some pretty critical situations. You know, he's out there with the game tied with a couple of minutes left. He's out there on the three on three, knowing Edmonton can throw a guy like McDavid or Dreisaitl yeah. out there on the other end. And you saw like the, the pass he made last night. That's a veteran play. Not only, you know, do you get it out of your zone and spring a guy for a two and one, you got it past. Two Oilers. You took out two Oilers 
defenders with that pass. Like that's such a heads up play. Yeah. Such a smart play from Cody Glass. And I think going back to what John Hines said, you know, there wasn't a person in Nashville that didn't feel for Cody Glass. You know, we had the behind the glass documentary in the preseason for the Nashville Predators. And no you pun intended. No pun intended. Um, and you saw how hard he had worked and and you you know, we knew how much work he had put in in the offseason to really get things back on track for himself and how relieved and excited he was when he figured out that he was going to get to go to Europe and travel with the team and, and make the team here in Nashville. But I think everything, you have to remember that things are not linear for everybody. And we tend to think, okay, this player is really good. They played really well, so they need to be in all the time. And, and you can have both discussions at the same time. <clears throat> you can understand where John Hines is kind of coming from and a little bit of what he revealed in his comments last night while still saying, you know, how is he going to build confidence if he's a healthy scratch more games in November than he played in November? So you can have both of those conversations, but development is not linear. And I think we all kind of expect like he can play at this high level in the preseason. Therefore he should be able to immediately continue playing at this high level through the season. And how many of us at our jobs have ebbs and flows in, in what we're doing. And this is a little bit different, but it's kind of also the same. And I think, you know, there was a lot of emotion that went into making this team for Cody glass and a lot of expectation coming out of training camp and you do have to do an emotional adjustment to that. You you know, anytime you transition up a level, there's an adjustment for that. And I think it was really interesting the way that John Hines explained it, like giving him the chance to kind of get comfortable with, here are the expectations for you. Here's what we know you can do. And letting Cody Glass get to a point where he's comfortable in that role, you know, and he had ups and downs. And again, you can have the discussion of, you know, could he have maybe grown into this role with more time on the ice? Perhaps, perhaps. Yeah. But I think you're seeing patience in development with somebody like Cody Glass. Um, and and how much of that is pressure he puts on himself? How much of that is pressure from, you know, the coaching staff or teammates? Nobody really knows. We don't know that information. But it's nice to see him have arrived where he's at, knowing that it probably has not been an easy season start to the season for Cody Glass, but to see where he has landed and the confidence. This is a young kid who is taking faceoffs against Connor McDavid in the defensive zone. Yeah. And doing pretty well against and doing too. pretty darn yeah, well. 64% on the faceoffs last night, including uh, a couple of big ones down the stretch. Yes. He won the faceoff to keep it in the Pred zone. Yes. Yeah. So, you know, you're getting what you want from Cody Glass right now. And it's not the path that we would have liked probably as fans to to have to have taken to see him get there. It's been very frustrating not seeing him on the ice as much. But development is it's an art. It's not a science. And, and I think we're seeing that in so happy for this young player. So happy. He it's been such an uphill climb for Cody Glass. You know, Yeah, we talked to we, we talked about whether or not, you know, Cody Glass, you know, whether you, you said whether ice, more ice time earlier on mm -hmm. would help his development, but he's getting more ice time now. Sure is. And he seems to be growing with each and every game. I mean, he's, he's becoming the game changing player 
the Preds thought they were getting when they got him in the uh, the Ryan Ellis trade. Yeah. Uh, it, it's also, you know, we, we've made it this far. See Soros yet, but yes. that is another big reason why the Nashville Predators won this game. Um, you know, there's just, there's just been so much to talk about when regards to this team that we haven't mentioned that UC Soros over the past two months is back to where he was last year. Yeah. You know, if you look at the whole stats, you know, throughout the year, there's still some issues there, but you break it down by the past two months, like nine twenty nine, nine thirty save percentage, depending on what game you start from, you know, multiple, you know, game changing performances. One of the league leaders in goals saved above replacement again. Yes. That's the guy the Predators are going to need if they want to steal some more of these wins down the stretch. And guess what, Anne? They're getting it again. Yeah. And that's a game changer. And you don't want to have to solely rely on your goaltender. And that was one of the nice things about last night's game is I feel like he also had some really good defensive support against a team that is lethal with things like cross ice passes and in that kind of thing. So he had really good defensive support, but you see Soros. Again, I think we're getting back to that moment where, you know, as a fan base, we almost start to think this is how all goalies in the NHL play, you know, and he just makes saves that so many other NHL goaltenders can't make. And he keeps this team in games. Huge, huge night last night for UC Saros. Yeah. Uh, And the other guy doing really well right now is Kev Lankinen. Uh, real quick, do we think he gets to start tomorrow in Chicago? It's his former team, the team that uh, didn't really think much of him to keep him around. Oh, oh, that just feels like a little like the theater major in me is like a hundred percent. We're starting Lincoln and right. <laughs> it's it's feeling like it is, and then Sorrow's yeah. back home Friday night. For so uh, that's there's a there's your Kevin Lincoln and chance for some redemption there. Yeah, I would love to see it, and he has been outstanding for the Predators. So it would be really great to see him tomorrow night against Chicago kind of steal the show a little bit. Yeah, let's hope so. Uh, so yeah, so there there you have it. Predators get the win 4-3 against the Edmonton Oilers. And cautious optimism, Anne. Cautious optimism seems to kind of be the main takeaway from this yes. game. Can the Predators do exactly what they did against Edmonton, where they push the issue, they don't sit back, They are aggressive in defending people. Can they do that for the rest of the season or at the very least the rest of December when you still have, still have some of your toughest games on the NHL calendar coming up? Uh, That's going to be the big story. And uh, it it starts tomorrow night against Chicago. So we'll have to see what happens there. And where can people find your work? You can find my work at insidethepreds.com and you can find me on Twitter at Ann K underscore Mama on Ice. You can find me at onthefourcheck.com for all things Preds and follow me on Twitter underscore NS Morgan. While you're there, be sure to follow the podcast on Twitter at LO underscore Predators. Tweet us what you think about the Predators win last night and whether it changes your optimism for the rest of the season. Wherever you're listening to us, whether you're listening on your favorite podcasting platform or you're watching us on YouTube, be sure to hit that subscribe button. It really helps us out. 
that's going to do it for us on today's Locked on Predators podcast. Thank you for making us your first listen of the day. We will be back tomorrow with an all-new episode. We'll see you then.